In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We welcome all of our family and friends of St. John of our parish to this evening's service of the Bridegroom. We embark this evening on the most holy and sacred week of our church year. This evening we embark on a journey with our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. We begin this evening at the icon of the Nephios. I ask you to look very closely to this icon and see that Christ himself in this icon of the bridegroom is pictured just before his crucifixion when he was being tried as a criminal when they stripped him of his clothes when they put a reed in his right hand mocking him saying hail king of the Jews they said if you're a king you need a staff if you're a king you need a robe and they put this robe of purple mockery upon him if you're a king you need a crown and they placed a crown a, a crown of thorns on his head which made him begin to bleed but this icon which for those Jews who were about to crucify him was a garment of mockery but the church in her wisdom holds this icon up high to this day as the bridegroom icon Onifios because we took that which was supposed to be hurtful that which was supposed to be painful that which was supposed to be mockery and Christ transformed that into an icon that is perhaps my favorite icon in all of orthodoxy because it shows Christ in his power as a, as a humble servant. It shows Christ in his humility. And so another word for this icon to describe it is Nephios, but there's another title of this icon, and it's the extreme humility. And so in the humility of Christ, in this icon, Christ sets for us an example. For us, in our life, to try to be humble before others in all things. One of the hymns this evening said, if you wish, as Christ was speaking to the disciples, said, if you wish to be first, you must be last. If you wish to be the greatest, you must be the servant of all. And Christ sets for us in this icon of the extreme humility of the bridegroom icon, he sets for us that example, that of extreme humility. In this evening's gospel reading, the gospel began by talking about a fig tree and that the fig tree, when Christ passed by, he was hungry. And so he saw the fig tree and he went in order to take a fruit to eat because he was hungry. And as he drew near to the fig tree, he noticed that there was no fruit on that tree. And so Christ, in tonight's gospel reading, cursed that tree, and that tree immediately withered and died. 
And so we think about why did Christ curse that tree? And why does the church, in her wisdom, put that tree, that, that story of the withered fig tree, in our consciousness this evening? Well, that fig tree, for us, is a reminder that we each have been blessed with unique gifts and talents. The purpose, the job, if you will, of that fig tree is to produce fruit. And when the Lord came, he went to that tree to see what that tree had done with the gifts and talents that it was blessed for, that its job was to produce. And when the Lord saw that there was no fruit bearing on that tree, that tree withered and died. Each of us has been blessed with unique gifts and talents. And the Lord is calling us this evening to stop, to think, to reflect, and to ask ourselves, what have we done to cultivate the fruit of our life, the fruit of our tree, the fruit that he, Christ, has blessed us with these gifts and talents to produce. So that if Christ walked on the road near us and came to us and said, give me, show me the fruit that you have labored so hard to produce, what will our answer be? Instead of a negative type of connotation to the story, let us see it positively, that we have unlimited, unfettered potential to bear fruit and to do good work and to do the Lord's will in this life. Those who are hungry need to eat of the fruit of the labor of our hard work, honoring the gifts and talents that Christ has given us. I ask you this evening to reflect on what is it unique about you that Christ has given you solely and uniquely, and then ask yourself, how am I cultivating that to serve God by helping others. My final thought is as I was sensing the church this evening, there's nobody in church except our dear chanters and Jesse in the altar. And someone said to me the other day, it must be difficult to do the service and to speak to an empty church. And although rationally I would agree with that person, it hasn't been difficult because I feel the connection with not only the 50 or 100 people that would be in church, but with the 500 and 1,000, 1,500 people that have been following these services the past few weeks. But what struck me very loudly this evening as I was sensing, walking around the church, typically we sense the church, the priest walks around the church, to sense you, the faithful Christians in church who are the icon of Christ because you were created in the image and likeness of God. And when you were baptized, you, that image blossomed forth. And so when we come to sense the church with Athimiato, we are sensing that image of Christ within you. But this evening, instead of going down the middle aisle and back, I sensed along the walls of the church. Why? Because on every spot in this most beautiful church, there's an icon. And there are saints popping out of the walls and speaking to us. 
And so as I sensed the icons on the walls, we are not alone in this church. We are surrounded by the community of the saints. You and I are called to be like these saints because these saints were born human here on earth with all the same potential as that fig tree as we have, but with all the same temptations to sin and to evil and to temptation. But these saints, some of them, the greatest sinners you will ever hear or read about, at one point stopped, repented, and dedicated their life to Christ. You and I are called to become saints. And so as I sensed these saints this this evening, I was sensing you, and I was praying for you. I miss seeing your face in church, but I don't feel disconnected. In fact, the saints lift us all up into the hands of God, and when we come to worship, we leave the world, and we are caught up in the heavenly host. And so I pray that that sense of belonging and unity and oneness in Christ, you also feel at home. Please know that we anxiously look forward to the day we can open these doors and welcome all of our family members back home. But until then, stay faithful, stay peaceful, stay humble, and stay loving, and make time this week, clear your schedules, to follow and participate in the liturgical life of the church through these divine services. Tomorrow evening, we will gather again at 6 p.m. for the Monday evening Holy Week service. And I remind you again that if you have a Holy Week book, please find it and follow along. If you do not have a Holy Week book, then follow the instructions of the emails that we send, but go to agesinitiative.com and you will find a link to all of the services every word in Greek and English that we will be praying this week. If you are not on the mailing list of our church, please go to the website, stjohnthebaptist.org. But saint is spelled out S-A-I-N-T, johnthebaptist.org, so that you may add your name to the listserv, to our mailing list, because you will be receiving from Sebastian an email every morning with the icon of that evening, with an explanation of that day's service, and with some, a recording of last year's Holy Week service here in our church so that you may listen to that beautiful uh, soundtrack during the day to set the mood of peacefulness in your home. God bless you. Stay strong. Until tomorrow evening, we will see you. God bless you.